Hello, Brewery Fanatics, and welcome back to another episode of Brewery Travels. I'm your host, Joel Geyer, otherwise known as Brewery Travels on social media. Today, we are going for the first time, we are leaving the main 48 states and journeying out into the Pacific Ocean and going to focus on Honolulu as well as some other breweries around the the state of Hawaii. So this is going to be a very fun episode. And as always, I have two amazing guests with me today, Paul and Alexander. And guys, let's go ahead and get the ball rolling by kind of doing a brief introduction about what got you into beer and how you're part of the beer community. Uh, Paul, why don't you lead us off? Um, sure. So, hey, yeah, my name is Paul and uh, aloha my kako. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, I got into the beer scene in Hawaii just kind of gradually, like a lot of people who were raised in Hawaii and then went away to college on the mainland. And so every time I would come back home, there was a new microbrewery that opened or there was a, you know, some other group that was doing home brewing and that was getting kind of, you know, getting, getting going as well. So that's kind of how I, I sort of noticed things were happening in Hawaii, and I got more and more interested in that as time went on. So in the 2000s and 2010, there seemed to be just more and more like a critical mass. And uh, so a couple of years ago, I thought, you know what, I should probably try to write a book about this and just looking back at the traditions of beer in Hawaiian history. So I wrote the book called Hawaii Beer, A History of Brewing in Paradise. So that's, that's my story. Absolutely. And uh, Alexander, what about you? Uh, I have a different story. I grew up actually in the region where Paul lives now, central Pennsylvania, and I moved to the state for a job uh, in 2013. And that was kind of a, a lull for breweries here. There was, uh, we had Gordon Biersch, they had a brew pub and Kona Brewing had a pub that uh, did not brew. And there at the time there was nothing else. So my journey of discovering Honolulu and Hawaii and uh, just learning and growing here with that. Also, I was learning and growing with beer and breweries. Uh, so as each brew pub was opening, I was giving it a try and learning more and more about beer as more popped up. And I realized one day that I felt like I knew a lot about the breweries and the people and the beers that were here. And there was no real forum that was sharing that information with uh, other people that lived here. So I started a blog and that transitioned to writing for uh, two local publications, Honolulu Magazine and Frolic Hawaii, uh, which is a lifestyle and food blog uh, for the, mostly for the island of Oahu and the city of Honolulu. And uh, that's where I am now. Absolutely. That's, that's great. So we, we have a lot of knowledge between the two, I think, when it comes to the local craft beer scene. And, and Paul, you mentioned just briefly here, you know, you, you mentioned that you literally wrote the book on the history of Hawaii beer. So can you just kind of, kind of provide kind of a little synopsis of, of how things developed when it comes to brewing in Hawaii? Yeah, sure. So I, I've been thinking about that question and how to best answer it without it being just a series of, you know, names and dates, which, you know, kids really love. Um, and so instead of really thinking about history as linear from point A to point B, B to C, is for Hawaii in particular is to think about history as, as layers. Um, that one thing kind of happens and then that gets kind of overshadowed or there's something else that gets built upon that. So, I mean, the first beer that was brewed that we know about in Hawaii was actually 
brewed offshore. It was brewed on a British naval vessel in 1778. And that was made with sugarcane and hops because the Royal Navy at the time was trying to figure out a way to, to beat scurvy. And they thought this was one way to do it. It, it doesn't. Sugarcane and hops do not prevent scurvy. Um, but really what you do see over time is the influence, of course, of Europeans and then Americans that, that, that come to the fore. And, and through my research, what I really noticed was, and I, this was completely unexpected, was the number of, no kidding, Germans from Germany who were brewers that came through the United States, really kind of in the, in the 19th century and then early part of the 20th century. Um, and what really kind of gets things going for Hawaii and, and the beer tradition or beer culture or culture in general for Hawaii is the plantation era. So in the kind of early, mid 1800s, you have immigration from all over. You have Portuguese immigration, immigration from Asia. And, and with those cultures coming into contact with each other, you have this willingness to really adapt and adopt a whole bunch of different practices, cuisines, and drinks. So beer is one of them that, that begins to, to happen. But for beer in particular, it really gets going right around the time that Hawaii becomes a territory of the United States. So before statehood in 1959, but really around the time it becomes a U.S. territory in uh, 1898. So this is where you have wealthy industrialists who are able to actually take more advantage of the technology of the time and to brew more consistently. Because before that, what you, you, you did have kind of large scale commercial breweries, but they didn't last very long. So you had one brewery that would be around for a few years. And then there's a huge gap between the time the next brewery starts, so like 10 years, then 20 years. So you don't really have that kind of linear progression because you have different people and different peoples Plus, they're not even using the same equipment anymore if it's 10 years, 20 years, and 30 years out from the initial brewing process. Um, uh, then, yeah, you're, you're just kind of starting over in a lot of ways. So it really, really takes off around the time that uh, Hawaii becomes a territory of the United States where you have that sort of um, that mixture of people who are willing to try new things, try different beers. Um, and also the technology and the transportation that becomes more reliable, um, and especially with the introduction of refrigeration. So you can have more consistent brews that you weren't able to have in, in the past. Uh, so you have ice houses, et cetera, that, that um, you know, uh, actually in uh, downtown Honolulu. So that's that's the kind of early part of of the beer history in Hawaii is is that portion, and then of course in the 50s and in the 60s you have that sort of more interesting part where um, you know the first aluminum can is actually uh, Primo, so Primo beer and uh, that brewing company actually produced the first aluminum can prototype. So if anybody out there is you know, uh, drinking out of an aluminum can, you have Hawaii to thank for that. You can say a big mahalo uh, to Hawaii for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, and so Alexander, now that now that uh, you know, we kind of got the background on on some of the Hawaii brewing and kind of the uniqueness of it because it is, you know, obviously it was a U.S. territory and then a state, and it's off on its own. As I mentioned in my in the introduction, 
this is the first time that I am not featuring a city or area that isn't part of like kind of the mainland 48 states. So I'm kind of curious to know how Hawaii's beer scene is viewed locally. And do, so do they consider them, themselves part of like the overall U.S. beer culture or is it something kind of more separate than that? I think going in with that, um, each each island of Hawaii that that has breweries and has a beer scene is unique in itself. And when it comes to the state, Oahu has the majority of the population, the majority of restaurants, uh, nightlife and everything going on. Uh, it has, and just because there's the most people, there's also the most breweries here. So um, one, you know, we can support more and more coming each day. Uh, some uh, established ones are already are expanding more and more. Whereas the other islands, it's uh, a smaller, it's a smaller niche to fill. There, there's not as much opportunity uh, for each. So focusing on primarily Honolulu on the island of Oahu. Uh, I'd, I'd say that there is definitely a tourist aspect here. Um, breweries are very friendly toward visitors of all kinds. Um, a lot of the breweries that, as Paul talked about, some of the original breweries started on Queen Street uh, in a region called Kaka'ako that was used for salt reclamation. It's flat. It, it was taken over by warehouses. The warehouses sat unused. And then, um, like many cities on the mainland, uh, might as well use them for breweries and so th these breweries kind of popped up and this the original um, Honolulu Brewing and Malting Company uh, the the facade of the building still stands today uh, there's two breweries on that street there's a few more just a couple blocks away and then uh, most people when they come and visit Oahu they stay in Waikiki and there are a number of places there Waikiki Brewing Company is the only um, brewery in in that region uh, itself, but uh, Maui Brewing also opened a tap room, and Aloha Beer most recently just opened a a beer garden along the main street. Uh, so there there is a hold of beer in places where um, visitors can easily walk from a hotel and go to them. Um, for the people that want to seek out a little bit more. Uh, taking a, a bus or trolley or rideshare to Kakako, they can easily walk around from brewery to brewery. Uh, so that that's kind of a unique thing. There, there's a few breweries elsewhere on the island that take a little more effort to get to. You need a car or uh, take a long bus ride to get to them. Uh, but as far as all of these places, even the ones in Waikiki, they all have a feeling of welcoming to locals as well. Um, there is a great beer scene here that mostly uh, has was connected through uh, Facebook groups and other other places to connect um, meetups, bottle shares, that kind of thing. So there, uh, we we got to know each other, and I, I believe Hawaii is the most transient state. People come here, uh, they stay for a while. There's a lot of military from the bases. Um, they might stay two, three years, and then they decide it's not for them, or they get moved, or uh, get a job somewhere else and they leave. So uh, there, there is that aspect, but there are, uh, there's a number of beer people here that have been here for their entire life and they love the changing culture. Uh, so there's that group as well. Yeah, and I kind of a follow up, like what I'm also looking at in terms of what is like the distribution for like with Hawaii beer? Like, do you, is there quite a bit of like 
beer coming from the United States that people are enjoying, or is it predominantly more like locally focused if people are drinking craft beer there? Sure. I, one of the things, and I know Paul touches on this in his book, is Heineken is uh, still one of the most popular beers uh, in the state. And I, I think it just has to do with a, a foothold from decades and decades ago. And it's yeah. it's on the cheaper side. And I don't know if you, you want to talk about that a little bit, Paul. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's absolutely right, uh, Alexander, that you had um, what we call in Hawaii the green bottle phenomenon. Um, so there was a, that period of time in, in the 80s where where the where the main beer so primo beer was this incredibly locally produced beer that at one point in time uh 70 of beer sales were primo beer i mean that's that's incredible and then it, it changed hands a mainland brewery uh took it over and began to do weird things with the recipe like dehydrating uh some of the malt and some of the wort and then shipping it back to um, Hawaii for the water and kind of rehydrating it. So it got to be kind of disgusting. So a lot of Hawaii residents began to kind of look for just better quality beer. And so you had a Heineken had a foothold and you had, uh, you know, at the time, Lowenbrow was big when I was a kid uh, and Steinlager from New Zealand. So you have this sort of phenomenon of, oh, well, better tasting beer comes in a green bottle. Uh, and Heineken with its ability to market towards Hawaii and Polynesia was really good at it. So they support, you know, University of Hawaii athletics uh, and things of that sort. Uh, and the other big beer that that was pretty popular uh, as well was Coors uh, and Coors Light. And one of the reasons for that was because Coors was able to guarantee refrigeration from brewery all the way to the store shelves in Hawaii which was again, really unusual. That was, that was like a, that was like a huge technological leap. Um, and really around the same time. So you've got like the sixties where you have the, the real initiation of airplane travel that helps tourism. And then it really takes off in the seventies and eighties. So you have a lot more visitors, a lot more tourism coming in. You have the building of a local Hawaiian middle-class. And so they can afford these different types of beers, these premium beers, these imports. Um, and so they're going to take advantage of it. And really around the same time, too, and I myself included, with that rise of middle class families, they're able to send their kids off to a mainland college. Um, and of course, they want to keep them sort of close. And sort of close means California, Oregon, Washington State. Well, think about those three states and the craft beer tradition. So when the college kids come back home, they're looking for like decent tasting beer. They're, they don't want to have Bud Light or something else. They want something that is flavorful and has some has some real kind of taste to it. And same with military people, too. Military people, they've been deployed all over the world a lot of times or they come from these brewing states, these craft brewing states. And when they come to Hawaii, like yeah give, what's what's local what's crafty that i can that i can actually have um so as alexander was saying yeah we we have this real transient population of folks that kind of come and go and it's not just um you know local people as we call them you know people who are full-time residents or born and raised in hawaii um so we you know refer to them as as locals so it's not just a location but it's also an identity yeah for sure well and so oh sorry go ahead Alex. So to bring it back to kind of, I think what you're getting at as well for, for current times, uh, 
it, there's still uh, not a huge amount of locally brewed beer that's consumed here, uh, but I feel like it's still growing. And there are larger operations that are getting uh, uh, more and more known, and it's becoming more popular to try new, uh, you know, every new fad, new development in beer styles uh, is, is made here. Different breweries uh, um, focus on different ones, but it, it's all here. And I, I just, I feel like in the last 10 years, especially, there have been more and more small breweries um, doing, doing great things that, uh, that cater to not just the visitors, but locals as well. Uh, it's, it's just a welcoming community. I think one of the, the biggest barriers is the, the distance from the mainland with ingredients. So a lot of the yeah. times what happens is um, these beers are fantastic. Um, you know, breweries try to make their own version of a Heineken or as close as you can get to it, but the, the ingredients cost more, the labor costs more, the packaging costs more, so then the beer itself costs more, and there's, there's not a lot of push for people to switch to it. But I think that if, you know, if maybe if people go with a group uh, to, a, to a brewery and they're not really, um, they, they don't know what an IPA is or they don't want to go that bitter, there are options that are here for, uh, to try local. Yeah. Well, so and kind of on, on a couple of points here, you know, Paul, you were talking about the these larger breweries and talking about how Alexander just mentioning ingredients and like the difficulty sometimes of bringing them to the island. Yeah. Well, the, what, one of the names that people may be probably familiar with when it comes to craft beer is Kona, which, uh, you know, Kona bring in. They, there was a really interesting development with them because obviously they, you know, they're they're not quote unquote independent, but it's still craft beer. But there they had the development where they got sued uh right. about with by, because apparently it was like they were saying it was false advertising because the beer was not actually being brewed in hawaii so right. how how do vehicles how do locals view the brand and has the opinion of the brewery like changed and adapted over the years as all these events kind of took place yeah i'd be i'd be kind of keen to hear alexander's thoughts on this too i mean my impression is it has been it, it really didn't hurt kona in in hawaii um and I think that debate over what's local and whether you're kind of Team Kona or Team Maui Brewing Company, which, you know, it's like, hey, we're really local. Everything is, is local, local, you know, um, is it, it, kind of like, you know, just inside baseball for a lot of folks. They, they, they just want a good beer. They want a good beer at a decent price. Absolutely. And, you, you know, honestly, that, that sort of stuff is, is important for, for folks who are probably listening to a podcast like this. Um, I, I mean, my family members, I have to say, they're, they're kind of like beer mercenaries. They'll, they'll just kind of figure out, okay, well, what beer tastes good and is the cheapest at Costco? or at, you know, uh, Long's Drugs or, or somewhere. So they're not getting all wrapped up in the, like, oh, you know, Kona got sued, and so maybe they're not local anymore. Although, you know, beer, the Kona beer in Hawaii is actually brewed in Hawaii, but the Kona beer on the mainland is, you know, not brewed in Hawaii. And so, that, I mean, that's my opinion. I don't know what if Alexander has any thoughts on that. Sure. I like I, I mentioned, Kona was kind of a special thing when I first moved here because it was one of the only places you could go for locally brewed craft beer. And uh, the Oahu Pub was a, a special place to go, sitting on a marina, beautiful spot if you ever get to go. Mm. And with all the shakeup and the lawsuit, it, it had a feeling of um, 
kind of a question of semantics, I guess, like Paul mentioned, is it in a can? Is it in a bottle? Is it on draft? Is it in a locally made can with the ridges? And uh, there, there's a lot of questions, but it really comes down to if a visitor comes here, they know of Kona Brewing, they know of Longboard Lager, and they go with one and they drink one and it's delicious and they're here in paradise. And I, I feel like for me personally, it's been that when um, the Kona Brewing decision came down and they, they formed the local uh, wing of the company or the independent company, Kona yeah. Brewing Company here, uh, it, it did get a lot more friendly and accessible. I've uh, made friends with the people that work for the company, brewers and uh, in corporate, and it's it's been a great experience. It's it's one of those things how when you go to your local small nano brewery, you might know the owner, he might be the brewer too. You know the people that work there by name, they know you by name. And so when you start getting into these big companies and they have no idea who you are and the, you know the passion that you put into uh, the company or just the product that they make. And then all of a sudden uh, you do feel that regardless of how big it is, it's, it's, it's been positive. Uh, the, the changes. Yeah, for sure. Well, so Alexander, to kind of go back, you were talking some about, about, you know, tourism, because obviously Hawaii is a huge tourism destination. Um, and in particular, you know, Honolulu is going to be the main hub for that. And so for people visiting, do you have any other recommendations like in terms of how they should approach local beer and do you feel like the breweries cater to these tourists more so than me on average more so than like in maybe in other city the other like breweries in other cities uh i i wouldn't say more so or less so i i feel like as a as a local and being friends with other beer people locally we feel just as welcome at the ones that that may you a person may think cater more to tourists than another place or not. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I just feel like with with the proximity of a lot of the breweries in the city itself, uh, it's it's friendly to people visiting to walk around, go from place to place. Um, the, the ones that are a little more far flung, uh, it, it really takes uh, maybe a beer person to know that they're there where they are and, and seek them out and, and find them. Um, uh, maybe maybe some the, the ones that are in Waikiki tap rooms there, that's obviously a little more accessible to get to. They they may have um, like Aloha Beer Company, their new uh, beer garden, they have uh, maybe six different of their selections on tap. Whereas if you go to the brewery, they have a dozen uh, plus other things and a different menu. So, so there's a little bit of a different, maybe it's a more of a casual feel than, than a feel to like a beer lover that can really get 100% of what a brewery offers if you go to the main source. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all equally um, friendly to locals and, and visitors as well. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what would you say in yep. terms of then like your approach to maybe someone coming in and wanting to check out the local craft beer scene? Yeah. So yeah, just uh tagging on to what Alexander w was talking about with, with tourism and, um, and locals, although we're supposed to refer to tourists as visitors. So they're, they're visitors, although that has sort of a strangely kind of extraterrestrial feel to it. You know, they're, they're visiting. Um, but, but as Alexander was saying, if, I, I don't think if you were to go to any of the craft breweries, you would find that one tilts more towards say tourism than, um, than catering to the locals. 
I mean, you may go on onto a, a website and you'll see like in Japanese characters, um, Japanese here, you know, you click here and it'll translate the page into Japanese to cater towards the Japanese tourist um, economy a little bit. But if you're from Georgia or Japan, it, it, it kind of doesn't matter because what you want is a unique experience. And I think that's where craft beer is, is different from a lot of other alcohols in that when you're buying a craft beer, you're buying more than just a drink. You know, you're buying kind of a feeling of some kind. You want something authentic or you want something local. And then when it comes to Hawaii and you're visiting, you want something that is, you know, reminds you of a vacation, something exotic, something that's kind of, you know, inspires freedom a little bit more. Um, so in, in that respect, yeah, that, you know, the breweries do cater to that feeling, but it's still what we do anyway, as, as locals in Hawaii, we're going to brew with the ingredients that we know in a way that we know in a responsible way, in a sustainable way. And I think tourists are going to appreciate that anyway. So I think if you're visiting Hawaii, you're not going to find a different experience than, than a local is, is going to find necessarily. Yeah. Um, so I, I would just say, you know, if you're, if you're coming to Oahu and um, you're more likely than not going to be in Waikiki. So you're really close to Kakaako and a whole bunch of really good ones. Um, but I would encourage them to kind of branch out. Um, as Alexander was saying, we got some other breweries that if you rent a car or want to take a, a bus ride, you can get to. So you can get to the guys at Beer Lab who are going to have some crazy local stuff. So it's not even going to be just local agricultural ingredients, but it's going to be, as I mentioned, that kind of layered multicultural thing that we have in Hawaii because of all the plantation era. So you're going to have something like a, uh, it's not going to translate well, but like leaking mui flavored beer. So leaking mui is, is a crack seed and crack seed is like a Chinese dried fruit with Asian spices. So that's not, you know, ethnically Hawaiian. That was something that was brought over from Chinese laborers into the plantation and just kind of became part of local Hawaiian culture. Everybody in Hawaii knows what Lihing Mui is, right? But for for visitors, if they want to go to the Windward side where I grew up, there, there are some, you know, excellent breweries out there. There's Lanikai Brewery and Olamana Brewery in my hometown of Kailua, which got all gentrified. Um, there's also a Maui Brewing Company in, in Kailua now, too. There's Inu, Inu Island Ales in Kaneohe, which isn't too far from my hometown either. Um, so, yeah, just just have a blast. Just just do what you can kind of fit in during your during your vacation. But you're going to have a, a unique beer no matter what. Yeah. So, so kind of speaking, I, I want to hear more about kind of the, the local ingredients because from my research and everything, it, it does seem that at least on paper, when we're talking about the United States craft beer scene, that Honolulu and Hawaii as a whole would have some of the most unique opportunities to use local ingredients. So do you feel that like those local ingredients really play a large role in the beer scene, maybe even more so than other places? I mean, my, my you know, that that's somewhat tricky in that, um, you cannot in Hawaii, for in my opinion, um, create an entirely um, local beer with all local ingredients. You know, if you wanted to use barley, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to find barley hops yeah, a little trickier. You could probably get that. You can certainly find local yeast, yeast strains. I mean, 
Steve Homschild at Lanikai Brewing Company is a bioprospector for wild yeast strains and has some, you know, some great versions. Uh, Hawaii water is great for beer. Uh, the mineral quality, uh, the volcanic filtration of it, you know, is great for beer. Um, so, yeah, you're going to have some lilikoi, you're going to have coconut, um, sometimes even Kona coffee. We are the only state where uh, coffee is produced. So that, that's somewhat unusual. You'll have local vanilla, local chocolate. Um, and then, as I mentioned, you'll have some what we consider local ingredients, but it's not local as in location. It's local as in identity. So things made with, with different styles of rice from Japan or, or Asian ingredients or even some of the names people won't quite get who are not familiar with Hawaii. So, um, so yeah, it's, and, and, and as Alexander was saying, it's just super expensive for ingredients to come to Hawaii too. Um, and one of the ways that breweries try to, try to cut expenses is, is to make themselves more sustainable. So solar power, some sort of CO2 reclamation, something of that sort. So it's not just sustainable as a social responsibility. It's sustainable because we got to figure out how to really make this work e economically and financially for us. Um, yeah. And, and, and also, I'm just throwing one more thing. One, one thing I think that does make it so difficult for Hawaii brewers and Hawaii in general is the Jones Act, which um, makes it the Jones Act is, is, is a federal law that says that a ship that goes between two U.S. ports has to be manned by a mainly U.S. crew. It has to have, I think, 70 percent of its hull made with uh, American steel. It has to be registered in the United States. Um, it has to be unloaded by an American crew. So that makes it that much more difficult to get ingredients and get things for your brewery, just ordinary equipment for your brewery because of this, the Jones Act. Um, so if you're you know, going from Asia to Hawaii and to another US port, nah, you, know, it, you better transfer your goods to an American carrier. Interesting. Well, so Alexander, what's, what has your experience been like? Because as you talked about earlier, you, you have been there to kind of see the entire rise essentially of the craft beer boom. Um, locally. So what is your experience with kind of local ingredients and how they're utilized there in Hawaii? Sure. I, I would recommend for visitors coming here, there's three big ones that I thought of when, when asked this question. And uh, two of them, Paul already mentioned, Lanikai Brewing, I really feel like they go out of their way for uh, to utilize local plants or uh, plants that wouldn't be known on the mainland come from Asia or other other places in their beer. They just released one with a collaboration with Matsumoto Shave Ice, uh, which is a famous uh, treat uh, on the North Shore, a fruit flavors, tropical. Uh, there, there's a lot of collaborations with Agriculture Beer Lab Hawaii. They, they, are, um, they had a, a big rise. They have a larger production brewery, which is pretty far away from the city, but uh, they, their original one on university uh, is still easily accessible for people staying in Waikiki. They they experiment with a lot of um, atypical styles, things that you wouldn't find elsewhere, and they try to use a lot of fruit and ingredients that you wouldn't see. U ube, the the purple sweet potato, and um, uh, different kinds of candy, 
there, there's different teas that have been used. Uh, Beer Lab also, they've been partnering with a, a local agricultural firm, uh, Go Farms, and, and using a lot of their locally grown plants in beer, uh, which are, they're always a different experience to try because you never know how they're, those flavors are going to affect, you know, what you'd think of as a beer flavor. And, yeah. Uh, so th those two are on o Oahu. And then one of the other big ones is um, Olo Brew in Kona on Big Island. They started with um, fruit, uh, fruit farms and fruit juices, and that's kind of morphed into beer and alcohol. And they use a lot of local fruits in their hard seltzers and beer. So Yeah. For sure. Well, and speaking of the Big Island, I know we're predominantly focusing on Honolulu, but let's just kind of take a brief moment to kind of maybe bring up some of the breweries on these other islands. So what are kind of the beer scenes like on the other islands and how would it how does it compare to Honolulu itself, Alexander? Sure. So I can I can just kind of go through a, a little summary of each. Uh, Kauai is uh, the most western island uh, that that has a significant population and they, they have two breweries but I know that there's a, a handful of others hopefully opening in the next year or two. Um, both are small one is at a port and one is in the main town and they each offer a, a, a very different experience one more maybe geared toward uh, visitors but also locals because it's easier easy to get there and then the one in town uh, th these are Kauai Beer Company and Kauai Island Brewing. Um, they, uh, just a lot of, it's, it, I know both, they, they seek to bring local beer to, um, an island that it's harder to get it, um, in general, just because there's the added shipping from Oahu to Kauai. Uh, Maui is, uh, more heavily touristed, I, I would say, and they have, uh, quite a few breweries with more opening, uh, this year as well. Maui Brewing is the big one that I feel like everybody would know. And they they recently announced the um, purchase of Modern Times, which will be interesting to see how that affects them uh, locally as well as on yeah, the mainland. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but, but their legacy kind of with their original brewery, they, they gave, uh, they sold it to a new brewery called Kohola, uh, which is making some great beers. Um, mm -hmm. There's a, there's a new little one in Lahaina, which is uh, one of the more um, visitor-friendly towns called Beach House Beer, and then there's one up up on Haleakala um, called uh, Mahalo Ale Works, and they're doing a lot of more wild ales and other styles that I don't think have really been present on the island. Um, uh, all of those are pretty far away from each other. They would require uh, a significant drive from one to the next. It's not walkable like it is here. Uh, and then Big Island is uh, even more so. They're uh, there's two main towns. Uh, Kona on the west coast has, is home to Kona Brewing Company, their original brewery and their new uh, state-of-the-art one that just opened this year um, for all the local uh, consumption beers. And then um, Ola Brew Company. And Ola Brew just recently opened a tap room on the east side of the island in Hilo, uh, which is also home to uh, Hilo Brewing Company, which is really worth uh, seeking out. It's a s smaller one, but they can, and it's available. Mm -hmm. uh, their stuff's available statewide as well. And then uh, one of, one of I think, most people's favorites is Big Island Brew House, uh, which is on the north part of the island. And they, they make a lot of uh, traditional German styles. Um, uh, yeah, just delicious beer. And th theirs are available in bottles statewide as well. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, Paul, do you have anything to add in terms of looking at kind of the other islands, you know, and because I know we, we focused on Honolulu ob obvious for obvious reasons, but do those scenes at all and how they kind of compare w w with Honolulu? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Alexander did a great job of going through what I call the, the brewing islands, the four main brewing islands. And, and honestly, it's kind of variations on a theme um, where you're going to find local ingredients but local to that particular island if you know if they can if they can uh if they can manage it um so you know the big island of of hawaii is you know the youngest island geologically um obviously the the largest island but it also has more of a agricultural rural feel to it um, a lot more influence from native hawaiians so ola brewing company that alexander mentioned is actually um community owned. So they have a lot of community investors in that in that brewery, which you, you're not necessarily going to find in, in, say, Honolulu, which is the financial kind of cultural hub of of the state. Yeah, for sure. Well, and so now moving on now, Paul, uh, mm -hmm. my next question, I, I want you guys to kind of represent the Honolulu slash Hawaii beer scene. And so I'd like you to pick a flight of four beers to do that. And that can be focusing on a style, a certain brewery, right. one-off flagships, whatever you kind of see fit. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about this, you know, this as well. And um, so I'm going to do it by Island. So I'm going to do a fantasy flight and I'm going to do one beer from each of the, the four brewing islands and kind of do a mishmash. Cause you know, again, as a state, we're all kind of multi-ethnic, so we might as well kind of do a multi-brewery kind of kind of deal. So I'm going to start on on Kauai and then kind of work my way uh, kind of southeast, if you will. So Kauai, uh, Kauai Beer Company. So my sister lives in uh, Lihue, actually Kapa'a, but the brewery isn't too far from from uh, from where my sister lives, and it's in in Lihue. So I'm going to pick their their Black Limousine Schwartz beer which again, it, it's, it's so unusual. It's got a little bit of, um, you know, bite to it, but not too much. Cause it may be kind of funny. I'm not a huge IPA kind of fella. Um, I do like an IPA, but none of my fantasy beers are, are an IPA. Um, and it, it may seem kind of strange that in a tropical climate that they brew dark beers and I just happen to really like the dark beers. So yeah, from Kauai Beer Company, Black Limousine, the Schwarz beer, delicious. Um, so then going on to Oahu. So I'm going to pick my hometown brewery, Lanikai Brewing Company, and their Route 70 Farmhouse Hibiscus uh, Honey Ale, which again, it, it's just, it's just wonderful. Again, local ingredients, local yeast strain. It's got a bit of tartness to it. It has um, some hibiscus flavor, but it's not overpowering. It's not like overly syrupy and weird. Um, so from there, I'm going to go to Maui. And, you know, Maui Brewing Company, of course, they're, they're the big brother. And you can't go wrong getting, I think, any beer from Maui Brewing Company. And their, their main brewery in Kihei is just wonderful to sit there and outside and look at uh, Mount Haleakala. But I'm going to choose uh, the Talk Story Pale Ale from Kohola. Uh, once again, it's a pale ale, so not an IPA, but it's got some really nice citrusy notes. It has a nice feel on the, on the tongue and it just, it just, it's so refreshing. It just makes you relax and it makes you think of Maui. Um, and then finally from, uh, from the big Island of Hawaii, 
uh, one from Ola Brew Company, which is their uh, Chiavi Vanilla Porter. Um, so another dark beer. It's a little on the sweeter side, um, but more local ingredients. And it depends on, I haven't been to the Ola uh, Tap Room in Hilo, but the, the one on the Kona side, you know, great patio. You can just kind of gaze out. So um, those that's my fantasy flight. Absolutely. Uh, Alexander, you're up. Those are great choices, Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Alexander. Yeah, uh, this one this one was tough for me. I I just there's so many great breweries to choose from, mm. but uh, I I just went with the ones that I've been drinking the most for the last couple of years. Um, Hanakoa here in Honolulu makes a wonderful slow chill uh, Czech pilsner uh, to utilize that the the side pour faucets. Um, that have become popular. They're one of the only breweries to have one. Uh, Beer Lab, I, I'm cheating a little bit. They they make a IPA, hazy IPA series um, that is called Omakase, which is a, a Japanese sushi um, way of letting the chef decide, uh, you know, big plate of food um, that you would like. And so this has been a series of basically the same base beer highlighting different hops. And uh, it's been it's amazing how different it is from one to the next. And I, I love trying them all. Um, Honolulu Beer Works in Honolulu, uh, their their flagship IPA is called Hop Island IPA. And it's, I appreciate the little uh, reference in the words of H-I-P-A being Hawaii, Pennsylvania. Uh, he's another Pennsylvania guy. And uh, it, it's usually the one I order when um, I'm just in the mood for something. I know what I'm going to get. Uh, Waikiki Brewing, they make their flagship um, porter is a black strap with molasses. Um, and that they've won a, I believe, a gap silver medal for that. And it, it really tells. It's consistently delicious. And it's one of those porters that really lends itself well to tropical heat here. Uh, and then just a special shout out, my, my favorite uh, go-to beer is Kona Brewing, uh, Kua Bay IPA. It's a, mm. it's a stronger, more malty uh, beer, and I, I almost always have at least one can in the fridge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now moving on, we talked about individual beers uh, to kind of give, as we look to wrap things up, kind of a, some more special shout outs to any other three breweries that we've discussed or maybe haven't mentioned yet. And for whether it's one reason or another, this is just a brew that you want to make sure gets a little extra shine, Alexander. Uh, one of the ones we haven't mentioned is Inu Island Ales uh, in Kaneohe. They, I would say that they were the first brewery to really tap into the the whole beer culture and of, of um, special bottle releases and uh, big stouts with um, vanilla and coffee and other uh, local ingredients as well. Um, just great guys and a, a fun place to to go. Um, any any from you, yeah, Paul? Yeah, you, you can shout out a few more. Paul, yeah, if you want to jump, sure. we'll give you a couple of shout outs too. Yeah, I'm going to jump in, and this is uh, this is one that Alexander mentioned, and one that Alexander turned me on to, and it's uh, Hanakoa Brewing, which is also in Kakaako. And I don't know if they still have it, but man, was it good. And it, and it was an IPA. It, it was called Kick Up the Gems and made with, um, uh, obviously, with gem hops. And that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, that is one I, I could definitely drink all day and uh, uh, would, you know, just stuff my fridge full of. Um, but I, I, I don't know whether that was a one-off, Alexander, 
or whether they they making that kind of more consistently and putting that on on their taps but yeah that one that one uh, I, I could go back to a few more times I, i've been seeing that beer uh, more regularly i think other people agree with you that it's great so, yeah yeah it, I, it's a good one what one other brewery i'd like to shout out is broken boundary uh in kalihi it's a more industrial area of the city it's a little mm. harder to get to unless you're looking for it it um it's the only dedicated homebrew store in the state, uh, Homebrew in Paradise. And as part of their their dream was to open a brewery as well. And uh, they, they had the misfortune of opening at, right at the beginning of the pandemic. So they had to deal with um, the closures as soon as they opened and they've been doing well. Um, they, their beers have been fun. My, one of my favorites that they have been doing is a series uh, called Detective Stouts, uh, Imperial mm -hmm. Imperial Stouts, they don't tell you what the ingredients are. Uh, they tell you how many, and then you guess on social media and they give away prizes depending on who can, how many you get right. And this uh, last one- That's fun. As of this recording, uh, Detective Stout number four, they said nobody guessed any correct. So- Oh, wow. Not an easy contest, but they're very fun to do, so. Yeah, it's like the wordle of beer. Yeah. yeah. You gotta sort of, <laughs> you know, pick and That's shoot. very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty wild. Um, yeah, I'll give one more shout out, and this one will be in to you know in Honolulu, and that's a new one too. They they opened uh, during the pandemic, uh, Lokahi Lokahi Brewing, um, right there in in pretty much not downtown Honolulu, but the kind of working class part of uh, Honolulu. It's right next to a Jack in a Box, and I think back in the day, if memory serves me, it was a Radio Shack or you know a TV repair place. Um, so it's it's a you know a neat place to kind of sit down have a beer uh the friendliest staff and friendliest owners um that you'll probably come across um and and, and solid beers too i think yeah for sure well so first of all i want to thank you both so much for coming on this has been amazing it's a beer scene that i've been anxious to learn more about we actually had uh, my wife and i had a trip booked for may of 2020 um oh. everything in planning and uh, obviously, obviously we did not get down there because that's actually that is the only state I have not visited before. So I'm hoping down the road we're able to get back out there. But for now, it is great to have all this amazing information that, that I'll be able to look back on when I hopefully do get there. So uh, if there are any other if you guys have any other kind of final thoughts, or conclusions about the Honolulu and Hawaii beer scene and why people should, should come check it out. And if there's a way for people to reach you, if they have any other kind of follow up questions for the podcast. Sure thing. Uh, so I, my name again is Alexander Gates. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Aloha State Beer and my website is alohastatebeer.com. Um, I would just say that if you are planning a trip to, to the islands, uh, there are great breweries no matter where you're going. Uh, they're worth seeking out. Uh, some of them, even if you are on a scheduled tour and only have a few hours, uh, one or two days during your, your time here, that's enough to, to seek out something new and try something great. Um, we're, we're one of those states where you can't order or ship to, so you have to take advantage when you're here. Absolutely. And Paul? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram as uh, Notorious Pauly K. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My book is Hawaii Beer, A History of Brewing in Paradise. You can get it uh, you know, from your favorite online bookseller. Um, and one thing I will add is I think what makes Hawaii, the Hawaii beer scene different is the spirit of aloha. 
And aloha is such a great word in, in Hawaiian. It's actually a combination of, of two words. And you're always going to get a debate whenever you try to dissect a Hawaiian word. But alo can be moving forward or to be beside somebody. Ha means spirit. So when you say aloha, you're actually asking somebody to share their spirit with you. And I, I don't think there's a better way to, to share spirit than having a beer with somebody. So when you when you come to Hawaii, prepare for for that experience. You're gonna get you're gonna get some aloha with your with your beer. Absolutely. And like I said, I'm I'm hoping that I get to experience that here in in the future. So again, thank you both so much uh, to both Paul and Alexander for coming on. And if you are a new listener, you can find me on Instagram at brewery underscore travels on Twitter at brewery travels, as well as my website, thebrewerytravels.com. You can find past articles, links for the podcast, previous episodes, if you're interested in that, um, as well as interactive maps on my brewery visits, et cetera, et cetera. So again, this has been amazing. Make sure that if you are planning a trip to Hawaii to take some time to enjoy some local beer. And as always, remember, whether it's where you're visiting or where you're living, be sure to drink local everywhere. 